0: Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our hope is that God would speak to you during this time, and our mission is to connect you to Jesus daily. So, how's everybody doing today? Good, live and well, not cold anymore. Amen, right? Um, here in the low country, it's funny because we talk to some people and they're from the north. And so this is absolutely nothing. Even the past two weeks, it was like 30 degrees, but I have low country blood now. So if it drops below 45, I'm freezing and shivering, right? um, but today, as I mentioned earlier, we're starting a brand new series. So if you're listening online or you're in the room, it's a really great week to jump in and listen. Uh, we are Bible people. We are Jesus people. We are community people. And so we're going to dive in to experience what God has for us. But before we do that, I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak through me and speak during this time. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. God, thank you for each and every person that is here in this room that is listening online. God, I believe they are not here by mistake, but on purpose, God. That you have divinely intervened inside of our lives and the Holy Spirit can just unite us together. God, I pray that uh, not only today, but this entire series, that you would speak through me, that I would decrease so that you may increase. God, I pray that we can experience your freedom every single day of our lives, God, that we can walk in your hope and that you would give us the power to overcome the temptations in our life. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. So today is Super Bowl Sunday, right? Super Bowl Sunday. If you're a Rams person, you want the Rams to win, say, that's me. Rams winning. Yep, yeah, yeah, I see you. Okay. Uh, what about Bengals? Bengals win. Raise your hand if you're like, Daniel, I do not even care that football is on today. All right. I got you too. Very good. That's all right. We got everybody there. Um, the funny thing about uh, the Super Bowl is it's like it draws people in. Sometimes people are like, you know what? I'm here for the halftime show, whatever. Um, but the thing about sports is, is you have two people who are going against each other, right? Um, And last year, crazy stat, Tom Brady, who just retired, could be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, depending on who you ask. Uh, But anyway, undoubtedly, he is a great player. Last year, when he went into the Super Bowl, uh, it was rumored that he spent 12 days away from everybody else, away from his family, just sitting in a room watching film on the team they were getting ready to play. I mean, he studied day after day, and that's what it took. And what he did is because he knew he was getting ready to go against this opposing team, he studied that. Their plays. He studied where they lined up. He studied their schemes. He studied all of that, and that helped him on the day of battle. And no matter what we're playing, if we know more information about who we're going up against, it could be Monopoly with grandma and the five year old at the table. Like if we know more about them, how they play, how they interact, what they do, uh, how they move throughout the game, it helps us, right? It helps me to overcome. It helps me to. To win, And so as we start this series, Battle Ready, this is an opportunity for you and I as Christians to see what the enemy's game plan is, to really study and go, okay, I know how he interacts. I know how they interact with humans. I know how they interact in the spiritual realm, the battle that is going on all around us. And now that I know their schemes and now I know what the Bible says on how to overcome those temptations that you and I experience experience every single day of our lives. And I want to read you this particular verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. And so this is what it says, so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with With his evil schemes. The Apostle Paul is teaching the church and he is saying, Hey, we don't want the enemy, the devil, to outsmart us. We want to know his evil schemes and we want to be familiar with them so that we can overcome. And then I'm going to read you this verse because this verse is really a foundational base verse for this entire series. This truth, if we believe that this verse, this promise is true, uh, then it's going to set up everything else for this entire series. And honestly, it's going to set us up in our Christian walk and so I'm going to read this first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 everybody still okay All right. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from than what others experience. He kind of just puts everybody on the playing field going, we all experience temptations. And then it says, and God is faithful. Amen. We could close church right there, right? God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can can endure. That is a promise from God as He is teaching here in the Corinthian church. And if you're writing notes or you want to take a picture of this, whatever, uh, this is the truth that really lays the foundation for everything we're talking about. And this is the truth. With the power given to us by Jesus, we can overcome the temptations in our life. As a Christian, as a follower in Christ, with the power of Jesus, we can overcome. This verse is saying that every time you and I are tempted in front of us, God's going to give us a way out. God's going to empower us. He's going to give us strength. He's going to show us a way to overcome that temptation. And the temptation is, and if you're taking notes, this is our definition of temptation. Everybody good? You like definitions? You're like, oh, Daniels, good. Back in school. Temptation is an enticement to get a person to act against God's will. This is a temptation. This is a a draw, a luring in of the enemy. This this is his goal. He is a a tempter. He wants to pull you off of God's plan for your life. He wants to pull you away from uh, his desire uh, that he wants you to experience. And then we know in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then it says Jesus has come to give life, and not only to give life, but to give it more abundantly. And so we have this, uh, this battle of the wills, right? There we want The enemy wants to draw us towards evil, and God wants to keep us towards the abundant life, the rich, the satisfying life, the abundant life, the fulfilled, really is the best word for that, fulfilled life in Christ. And every time we have that temptation, Jesus is going, I have put a limit on the enemy. And that limit, that filter, that lid on the enemy is that he can tempt us. But as a Christian, you have the power to overcome that temptation. That is the limitation that God has put on the devil. And you and I have the power through Christ to overcome that temptation. That's good news, right? I mean, that's amazing. When the gospel says it is good news, that's that's part of the good news that you and I have. That's part of the amazing truth that God gives us when we decide to follow him. And uh, there is this uh, moment for you and I, because maybe uh, for you, you're still trying to figure out, or maybe you're listening online or you know someone they're trying to figure out is, should I give my life to Christ? Should I follow Jesus? Should I wholeheartedly seek after him? And we see this question come up and I believe I don't have to convince you that there's temptations in your life. I believe we can leave church today, get on the road here in the low country, and a temptation is probably going to come about in the next few hours, right? A temptation, it could be uh, many different things, many different forms. And the enemy, I just want to read this. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Um, I don't have this on the screen, so I'm going to read it to you. But this is a definition of the tempter. That's one of the names for the devil. That's one of the names for Satan. And Satan is a fallen angel. So he is a created being by God, but he was over overcome by pride and now because he left heaven and he was shunned almost by God because he believed he should be in power he the pride took over and all those different things and so now his his role is to bring evil into the earth and we have this uh, quick definition I want to give you the tempter is an intelligent being that is completely evil and is directly involved in perpetuating evil in the lives of individuals as well as the whole world. So we have this enemy right? That we have God's will and then somebody and uh, other fallen angels around the enemy, the Satan and demons who are trying to derail us from God's plan and God's will. But you and I have good news. You and I have power. You and I have the ability to overcome. And when we think about this, uh, what I want to spend the next three weeks talking about breaking down, how do we overcome? What does that look like for your life and my life? How do we this And the greatest thing is, is we have an example, somebody who lived this earth, who walked through the temptations that we walked through, who was 100% man, yet 100% God. So he experienced all the emotions and things that we experienced, but yet he walked this earth perfect. And his name was Jesus. And we get this example in Matthew chapter four, and we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter four this week in the next two weeks. And then we're going to spend the last week putting a full battle plan together. Sound good? You guys with me on this? Awesome. Very good. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter four, and this is the beginning of Jesus's ministry, okay? And he is getting ready uh, to really go public. He's about 30 years old. If you read in Matthew chapter three, he was just baptized by John the Baptist, and he was just affirmed in front of everyone, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. An audible voice came down from heaven, the dove representing the Holy Spirit. is one of the only parts in the Bible where we see the The Trinity represented in one moment where Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was moving visibly through the dove. And then Jesus, I mean, God spoke audibly right there in that moment. And then immediately after that, this is what happens in Matthew chapter 4. This is what it says. It's pretty incredible. Matthew chapter 4, we're just going to read verses 1 through 4. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. The first thing Jesus does, he is affirmed by God. And then the Spirit leads him into the wilderness and to be tempted, right? So we see this. Jesus walks into it. And I believe as we study this, uh, Jesus he, he doesn't do things by mistake, right? He does things on purpose. I mean, he is perfect. He knows and he starts his ministry setting up going, I'm going to walk through this so that I can show you how to overcome the temptations of the enemy. When I walk here and I do ministry on earth, I'm doing it with this foundation because there's always, always on earth going to be this pull trying to pull us away from God's plan and into an evil plan, right? Pull us into temptation, pull us into sin, pull us into disobedience, all of these things. But Jesus is going, no, I want to equip you. I want you to see it. And great leaders, right? Great leaders don't just say it, but they have walked through it, and they know it. They have tested it. And Jesus himself, how incredible, we serve a God who has walked through it in the flesh. Amen? He has given us that great example. And then it says, for 40 days and 40 nights. If you notice, that number is pretty significant in the Bible. You see that uh, the flood came for how long, right? 40 days and 40 nights. We see that when the Israelites were tempted in the wilderness, and they were kind of walking astray, it was for that the forty years, right? We see this Moses. He spent double time—forty years running from God, and then forty years in the wilderness, and then he went into leadership. And forty almost represents this uh, testing in the Bible. So we see this as Jesus for forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. I mean, we know that's true. I mean, I'm going from now until the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna be hungry. So imagine forty days until forty nights where he is fasting. So physically imagine where he is right in our flesh no food for 40 days is mentally physically he is weak and he's in the wilderness and so satan sees this here in a vulnerable moment and then uh, he comes to tempt jesus during that time the devil came and said to him if you are if you have your bibles you like to highlight underline in there um, i would do that right there if you are The son of God tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The, right here in this moment, Jesus is physically tired and the enemy comes. Man, the enemy is not like uh, one of those people where it's like, okay, now you're down, you're having a hard time, you're struggling in life a little bit. Let me back off. You know, they they're, they're, you know, just go ahead. You, you get your feet back under, you're going to be okay, right? No, he's like, okay, you're vulnerable. You're, you're, you're tired, you're scared, you're worried. The enemy sees that and he's like, it's double time now. I can kick them while they're down. I can keep them down because his, his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Not not just to derail, but to completely take us off the game. And so the devil himself comes to tempt Jesus. And Jesus being physically tired, physically hungry, he he tempts him with almost one of the most primal instincts here. And this is the first one that we're going to zero in on today. And through Matthew chapter four, we really see three big temptations. And if we look at all the temptations that you and I are tempted by the enemy, we can put them into one of these three categories that we see the enemy tempt jesus with and the first one is uh as we look here at temptation number one i'm going to call this appetite okay appetite or self-dependence self-dependence so jesus is in the wilderness and he is obviously physically hungry and the enemy comes up sliding up right next to jesus and goes hey jesus if you are, right, he uses those words and that's how crafty the enemy is, right? He, he's coming at us and we even look in the garden where he tempts Adam and Eve. He comes at them and it says, did God really say? And he puts this doubt, he puts this redirect in our mind and he looks at Jesus and he comes at Jesus and attacks his identity. He says, if you are the son of man, then look at that stone. And turn that stone into a piece of bread. Jesus, I know you're hungry. I, imagine how satisfying that would be. You're the son of God, right? You can do it. You can blink. You can think it. And that would happen. I mean, he, he starts to tempt Jesus, right? Take him off of God's plan. Take him off of the moment and the timing that Jesus is trying to live his ministry. And he begins to give uh, Jesus this temptation, And what does Jesus do? He comes back and he says, no, the scriptures say, and this is huge. You're going to see Jesus do this every single time that he is tempted. He doesn't. This this is a big one right here. And I'm going to leave this for the fourth week. But Jesus does not argue with the enemy. Jesus does not argue. He does not try to reason with Satan. No, he does not go, hey, Satan, look, 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 you don't understand the plan here. You don't understand what I'm trying to do. Like, look, I can't do this, Satan. What does he do? No. He doesn't argue with the enemy. He knows that he has the utmost power. And I find it, do you find it fascinating that the devil thinks he can tempt Jesus? Like Jesus is like, the Bible says that all things were created in him, through him, and by him. And the enemy, he knows this. He is a fallen angel. He knows the power of Christ. But the level of pride that he has is, I can take down Jesus. He is most vulnerable. Look at what I can take him down now. He is not going to fulfill his plan, right? And and the enemy comes, right, and begins to try to tempt Jesus. And Jesus does not argue. He does not tarry. He says, no, In fact, you're giving me this lie, you're trying to derail me, here is the truth. And the truth is, I don't live off bread alone, I live off the very word of God. And you and I, uh, that's what the enemy is going to try to tempt us to do. And this this is where we're going to break it down a little bit here today. And one of them is, is that as we see the temptation of appetite, so we can see that in the physical spot, Right? He, he tempted Jesus physically, but also the appetite, self-dependence. If you think about the appetite, not only in the physical, but also the mental game, it's the desire that I need more. And when, since we live in our Western culture, right, uh, more is almost the normal thing, right? We wake up and we hit a light switch and the power comes on. We turn the water on. If emergency happens, heaven forbid, an emergency happens, we pick up the phone, dial 911. A people in the ambulance come drive. Up right there, right? All of a sudden, all of this convenience begins to happen in our lives. And convenience is great, and we should, and we should always try to get better as human beings and as the human race. But if we're not careful, convenience decimates dependence. If we're not careful when we get convenient in our lives and going, all this stuff is handed to me, it can be easy to be tempted to say, you know what? I don't really need God. You know, I, you know I, can, I think I can figure this thing out on my own. I think I can overcome. Uh, you know, I have some of these temptations in my life, but they're small. I can overcome them. I, I, can, I can do this on my own. I can make it on my own. Then now the lies in our heads start to establish, right? The temptation is, hey, you can do it, Jesus, if you are. And doesn't the enemy tempt us that way? Hey, if you really are a man, you would make more money. Hey, if you really were a man, you would act this way. If you really were a man, you would demean that other guy who just checked your respect. Right? Like all of a sudden, right? If you really were a woman, you would dress like that. If you really were a a good parent, you wouldn't have said that. Right? If you really were a good child, you, you would have never looked at that. All of a sudden, these temptations come. The enemy knows, right? He comes if you were. And he starts to seed, uh, put these uh, seeds of doubt. And if we're looking at this, every week we're going to have a temptation, talking about appetite or self-dependence. And then every week there's going to be a core issue that goes along with it. The one one thing that the enemy uses to really drive that home. And today the core issue for you and I um, is fear. Is fear. The enemy wants to use fear to help derail us in that temptation. Because he's going to use that principle of saying, if you are, but you and I have to realize that our dependence comes from Christ. And Christ's promises is that He is the one that is going to guide us. He's going to help us. He's going to direct us. He's going to provide for us. And let me tell you, this is the fascinating thing about these temptations. Is imagine you and I traveling on a road, heading on God's plan heading towards where God wants us to go. I want you to picture whatever car you want. It could be a Cadillac, Ferrari, F-150, F-250, whatever you want, right? Like we're in this imaginary car together. My imaginary car is F-150, okay? Anyway, um, so we're in this imaginary car together, headed down the road, and the enemy wants to tempt us, but there's always going to be two gutters That he wants to derail us into. All right. So the first one is appetite. Right. The need for more. That's one gutter. Right. Hey, you can do this. You you need more of this in your life. You need this. Come on. You you need to do it. You need to work harder. You need to work more hours. You need to work 120 hours this week. You need to work 150 hours. Whatever. You need more. You need that bigger house. You need that better car. You need that upgrade on there. Right. All these things. Right. And that's one gutter. But then there's the, the other side because this is real. Look, this is real. The enemy's going to come and he, then he uses fear. How are you going to provide for your kids if you don't work that much? How are you going to provide for your family? What are, what are people around you going to think if you don't have that kind of house? Right? All of a sudden this fear keeps you going, oh, I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe maybe I do need to do that. Maybe I do need to to, to, that, that, to fulfill that need for more, right? And can kick that gutter to that side, or he will go to the other side, right? Because the opposite of that is not healthy. The opposite side of that is what we call hoarding. Have you ever seen that show, Hoarders? It's like they're holding on to everything. No, this is mine. No, this is mine. I got to keep that. I can't throw that little scrap piece of paper with my kid rolling on when they were two, and it was so amazing and it was so cute, but I got to hold on to that. I got to hold on to everything. But when you walk into their house and everything is stacked, to the ceiling right and everything is together and you're like I can't even move in here I can't even breathe what's going on right because the enemy is whispering hey it's not that you need more you're holding on to everything that you have because you're fearful of letting go and it could be the material things but it could be relationships it could be, I, I don't know who I would be without them, right? I don't know who what it would be. I've got to hold on to them. I'm, I could be dating this person, even though they're terrible for my relationship with God. They're pulling me away from God. And God is going, hey, I, I want you to trust me that I can make you whole outside of that relationship, right? But we may hold on to it. It could be a friendship that's doing the same thing, just derailing us, pulling us away. But you and I, we are fearful. going I can't let them go. I can't do that. I don't know what they're going to think. I don't know what it is. And all of a sudden the temptation comes, of course, you you need to hold on to it. Hold on to it tight. That's yours. You worked hard for that. God may whisper in your ear, right? Going, hey, I want you to bless that, bless this person. You and I may look at it and go, but you know how many hours I work for this money? You know, I was like, God, like, this is my, this is my, I'm holding on to. It. I work hard for this, that, that savings account, that, that money in, but God is going, if we're holding on to it that tight and it starts to control us, God is going, I, I you know, cause God can blink and make a million dollars happen. Right. Y'all start praying for me. I'm just kidding. But, uh, like God can make that happen. Right. But God is saying, I don't want you to be controlled by that. I don't don't want you to have to rely on yourself to think that you have to do all of that work. Jesus is saying the work was finished on the cross. Jesus said it is finished. Now you and I, our dependence is on Jesus. Our fulfillment is on Jesus. Our fulfillment is not if I get the next thing. Because you know what happens when you get the next thing? Guess what happens in about six months? You got an itch, right? Oh, I need something else. I need this, right? And then if you start hoarding on this side, I'm holding on this, but this is the last thing I'm going to hold on to. This guy, this is the only thing. This is me, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, I need that too. I need to hold on to that too. And it becomes this habit that builds in our life, and he's trying to kick us to either side of saying, "Hey, you need more. You need self-dependence." And the temptation comes in our lives, and he always tries to bring fear up, right? And that's why I believe Jesus says, as uh, Jason preached. A couple weeks ago, 365 times in the Bible, fear not, fear not. I want you to trust in me, I want you to rely on me, I want you to hope in me, and you and I can experience true freedom when the temptation comes. You and I can walk. In freedom because freedom is I don't need that to be fulfilled. Freedom is I don't have to hold on to that to be fulfilled. I believe that Jesus fulfills me. Jesus gives me strength. Jesus allows that for me and I'm not controlled by either one, right? How freeing does that sound? Because think about it. Either one way we've all i honestly i believe we've all experienced we've all been saying this i need this next thing i need more i need this next i need to work harder or this side i'm trying to hold on all of my strength i'm trying to hold on to this relationship I'm trying to hold on to this way of thinking right and if we're honest with each other it is exhausting is it not it is physically <laughs> mentally emotionally draining And to be honest with you, you and I were not created or meant to carry that kind of worship because it is worship to think I'm worshiping myself. I can carry this. I can make this happen. I can get this more. I can hold on to this. And Jesus is going, I want to set you free. I want you to overcome. Don't fall into that temptation. And Jesus doesn't argue with the enemy. And he doesn't want us to get into this arguing game of going, oh, but I need this. This is who I. This is a part of who I am. I've had it. I've, I need this. It's a part of me my whole life. And Jesus is going, I know. But if you're willing to let that go, I will heal you from it and you can walk in fulfillment. I can heal you from it and you can walk in freedom. And he is saying that desire, that drive in you. Which is some moments can be healthy, right? God created us to continue to grow, continue to be healthy, But when it becomes dangerous is when that turns into worship. When I think I I have to, I'm infatuated with it. And if I don't have it, I can't be happy. If I don't have it, my family can't be happy. If I don't have it, then I won't have joy. If I don't have it right, and Jesus is going, wait a second, you get joy from me. You get your satisfaction from me. You get your fulfillment, right? And sometimes we'll have this thought, and and I've had this thought before, right, where you look at it going, if I can just get that, we'll be smooth sailing. If I can just get to that level, everything will smooth out. And Jesus is going, I want to set you free to the point where you don't have to have all that together. You don't have to be holding all that together. But you could be walking in fulfillment no matter what happens on this earth. No matter material, no matter physically, emotionally, I want you to cling to me. Because he's saying love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All of those things come from God. All of those things come from the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And then I want to close with this. You guys got me excited. We'll go all day, right? No, I'm just kidding. But I really believe, I've been studying this series, it's been setting me free. I think, honestly, for all of us, there's one or two that Satan kind of knows how we're wired. And he really hones in on some of those. And what we're talking about next week is what is for me. Like, that's what Satan, like, constantly is trying to put pressure on me, what we're talking about next week. But you got to come next week. Ha, see what do did there? Okay. Um, but we see that, and I believe in that we can bounce back from all of these different things, all of these different moments. And so we experience this. But in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus goes through this whole line of teaching because he's, he's seeing people and what they're worried about and what they're anxious about. And Jesus being the great teacher that he is, he begins to uh, point to the things that are around them. He's like, Hey, you see that flower on the field? You see the grass growing on the mountains? You see the bird flying in the air? You see that beautiful fox that just came out there? He's saying, I provide for all of them. I clothed that flower. I, I provide food for that bird every single morning. The early bird gets the worm, right? All of those things. It's like, I, pro- I provided for all of them. And then he, then he turns and looks at the people. Then he turns and looks at you. Then he turns and looks at me and goes, How much more do I want to provide for you? That you are my son, that you are my daughter. That you were created in my image. How much more does it bring me joy to provide for you? To bring fulfillment to you? And then he says this here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 32 and 33. It says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen? What an amazing truth. We don't, don't argue with the enemy. Jesus is giving you the temptation. Hey, you, you need that more. Once you get there, joy will happen. No, God says seek his kingdom first. And his righteousness. And Jesus will provide all of my needs. That's another beautiful promise for you and I. Here if you're taking notes, I want to end with this. Jesus is the only one in our life that can fully satisfy our appetite for more. Don't put that weight or that pressure on your spouse. Don't put that weight on your kids. You need to perform better in school, in sports. You need to do that for my fulfillment, right? Jesus is going, no, you're fully fulfilled in me. Take that weight off of them. Don't give into to that temptation. He's saying, I can satisfy you. I can bring you fulfillment. How freeing is that for you and I? How amazing is that? I mean, whoo, I think people will line up for miles for this good news, right? This is incredible. What Jesus provides for you and I, the opportunity to overcome that in our lives. And I believe you and I, we can start today to overcome those temptations, to overcome that sin, overcome that opportunity. Remember, that temptation is to derail us from God's plan, to get us distracted either in one gutter, right? i got to hold on to it. I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more. Right? He's going to now focus Jesus, focus on me, seek my kingdom and my righteousness and seek your hope, how you can be changed in me. And he's like, I'm going to help provide guardrails for that. And if you follow me, he's saying the promise is that's why it's called faith, right? We may not see the end result, but he's saying, if you trust me, follow in my ways, you'll see things begin to happen for everything that you need. I had a pastor friend of mine, his name is Chris Reynolds. Uh, He was actually one of my, uh, whatever you want to call it, Church of Superior's boss, executive pastor. He used to preach this. He said, God will supply your need, not your greed. I love that. Because our need may be different than what God's saying. Hey, I'm going to provide what you need, right? But you're like, God, I need uh, wheels on spinners. I need this car. I need whatever it is, right? Like nobody's like, nobody does spinners anymore. Anyway. um, But it's an opportunity for you and I. I think God's called us to live in freedom. And I, my heart, Is for families to be set free, for husbands to be set free, wives to be set free, students in the room to be set free. Imagine now in middle school, high school, you learn this truth now. And then when that that friend comes up and goes, hey, you need this to be cool. You're like, ha, I don't. Actually, I have Jesus. He fulfills me. He gives me strength. He satisfies that need in me for." more, right? Imagine to be able to to stay on the path for that. You and I, I believe, and I believe it's true. I'm taking God at his word. I've seen it work in my life. I've seen it work in other people's lives. I believe his word is true and we can live free and in that fulfillment. And I promise you, we will become different people when we walk into work, when we head into our homes, when we go into our neighborhoods, because there's a difference when we are oppressed and when we are feeling free, right? Like there's a difference, a physical appearance, a new level of confidence of going, I'm not dependent on either one of these because I'm set free in Jesus. And so as I close today, um, every week, um, I, I, I like to like kind of challenge us to get outside of our comfort zones a little bit. Is that cool? You're like, I don't know, Dan, you haven't said it yet, but when I, at the end of this, um, each week, I'm just going to have a moment where we're going to spend some time with God. We're going to pray. For like four hours. I'm just kidding. It's not going to be four. But just for a few minutes where we're praying to God. And there's, there's something about it, and uh, this is something we haven't done in a while, But um, and I know this is like slate floor, but I want to open up uh, what a lot of people call the altar. And, and so really, the, the significance is, is our heart before God. And if you feel led of going, you know what, there's something uh, that this message is talking about that is really holding me back, and I need to surrender it to God. And sometimes the physical act of either getting on my knees, the physical act of moving does something in our hearts and does something in our minds. Or or maybe after service, you grab me, somebody in the Connect Center, and you're saying, hey, just pray for me over this particular thing, right? Whatever it may be. And uh, I would encourage you, maybe when you get home or whatever it may look like, just spend a few moments uh, if you can, because there's something about uh, eliminating this self-dependence. And when I get on my knees... It's a humbling thing, right? Like to get on my knees before the Lord and begin to pray to Him and just this physical act, like I can't I can't act all big and bad, right? because i 'm humble before the Lord, and I'm just going to him before Him in prayer, and so this physical act really just does something in us and i and I want to encourage uh in the room if, if there's something that God's really pressing on your heart, maybe you're listening online, you want to do this in your living room, whatever it may be, but just something about God working in you. And so Jacob's going to continue to play. And I just want to spend a few moments in prayer. Then we're going to sing this response song together. So feel free. I, I, this is church. You know, I want us to be interactive with each other. So if you want prayer during this response song, don't wait. I'm going to be standing right here. I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. If you And if you want to come here before God in that moment, you can. If you want to stay in your seat, you can. No pressure either way. I just I just want to kind of challenge our hearts to say, God, no more. Do I want to be overcome by this? God, no more do I want it to be be clung and entangled and oppressed by this. But I am choosing Jesus. I want to overcome. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm trusting Jesus for today, and he'll take care of my tomorrow. I believe you, Jesus. I want to take you at your word, whatever it may be, but just to cry out to God. Maybe there's an area in your life that I've been talking about. And the Holy Spirit just, it brought it to your mind when I said it. Like, oh, that was for me. Oh, God's speaking to me about that. Where, Maybe what area of your life are you most fearful about? Oh, if this happened, oh, or if this is a whole, whatever it may be, it's an opportunity for you and I to surrender that to God. And God, I don't want any kind of uh, open link in my heart and in my mind. And the last thing I want to do before we pray is, is these, these truths, these principles, is God is directing you and I as followers of Jesus. And if we haven't given our lives to Jesus... If we haven't received the Holy Spirit... Dwelling in us... Then we're trying to overcome all of this on our own... On our own power... We're trying to defeat... uh, The enemy on our own power... And I'm going to tell you... The scripture shows us... An experience in my own life... We, We can't be left to our own power... We are not strong enough... But by the power of Jesus... We have strength... By the power of the Holy Spirit... And so I want to encourage you if you've never given your life to Christ before. If you've never made that decision and you realize, you know what, Daniel, I've been relying on so many other things in my life. And I've never truly accepted the free gift of grace that Jesus has offered me. And I need that inside of my life. I want to pray for you as well. And I'd love to to, to walk with you and talk with you today. Give you a hug, welcome you to the kingdom, brother and sister in Christ, whatever it may be. Welcome to freedom in Christ. And as a Christian, I hope that we link arms starting today going, we can overcome what Christ has for us. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We praise you so much. God, thank you for the hope that you give us. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts here this morning. God, I pray if there's anything that is uh, taking our hearts, our minds hostage, God, I pray right now that you would bind the enemy and that they would be set free in Jesus. God, the temptations that may be pulling us off of your will, off of your plan, towards sin God towards the self-dependency I need more God or holding on I I can't give this up God I need this God I pray that you refocus a heart to say you know what I'm fully satisfied in you Jesus thank you for that promise Thank you for that truth, God. I pray that there's anybody in the room. I pray that you give us boldness and courage to begin to pray uh, to you, God. Maybe there's something in us that uh, just this act of, of being bold, this physically act of kneeling before you, of praying with someone. Maybe it's the first time we've ever done this, God. And I just pray that you give us courage to do that, that that, that physical act does something in our heart and does something in our mind. God, I pray that you would move in a mighty way. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Feel free to stay in your seats as Jacob and them get ready to uh, sing this last song together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.